This is Bobby. And this is Jennifer. And we're from Cleveland, Ohio. And you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Reppy. Happy to have you aboard here. Wonderful time planned for you this evening. If you want to jump in, the phone call 216-777-2120. Again, 216-777-2120. That puts you in contact with phone screener John in Upper Michigan. You play through him, you get to me, and I put you on the air. Very simple. In lieu of trying to get through the goalie, you can also send me an email, and that's how you do this. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com. Or on the Twitter and Instagrams at BBQ Central Show. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. It is the third Tuesday of the month of August, if you can believe it. And the third Tuesday of the month brings a regular visit from Barbecue Hall of Famer, prolific cookbook author, TV show host, cooking school instructor, and friend of this show, you know him, you love him, Stephen Reichlin will be joining us. Also on the third Tuesday of the month in the first hour, we revisit with one of the co-founders of the State Cooking Association, the State Cook-Off Association. In recent weeks, we have found the competitive steak cooking industry I think we can classify it as an industry at this point, is growing in leaps and bounds. Sanctioning bodies are now developing other than SCA. People talking about the next great steak cooking opportunity. It is very hot, very popular, very hot and fast. I'm talking about a conversation with none other than Brett Galloway. Brett joins me at 9.35. And then we'll move into the second hour, and I will be joined by a first-timer of this show. She is new in her position to the National Barbecue and Grilling Associations as the executive director. She's also the creator of bushcooking.com. A lot of you might have heard of her through the venue of bushcooking.com, and then as you start to join associations, organizations, and so forth, might have also been introduced to her through affiliations with NBBQA, but as I had mentioned, newly 
I don't know if it's voted on or appointed or hired. We'll talk to her about that. First timer to the show, Saffron Hodgson will be joining me in the second hour. And then we will wrap it up with another first, a lot of second hour, first time guest, first hour, long time guests of this show, breaking it up into both segments. At a third hour, we'd go medium recurring guests. But this is also a first timer. And perhaps more than this year, now, whether it's the truth or not, and depending on who I have on to talk about it, we might get varying viewpoints and opinions. I know Randall Bowman was on the show a couple, three weeks ago or so. We were talking about the National Grilling and uh, the National Grilling Society rollout, but we were also talking about where the state of competition barbecue is. And he maintained that there is growth. But I think a lot of that has to do with the popularity of the competition barbecue is seeing overseas and helping usurp or replace some of those lost events that you've seen here domestically. So an overall gain. But what does it look like here domestically? I mean, everybody knows me. If you're a fan of this show, you know, hey, I'm myopic USA guy, and that's it. I don't have any idea what's happening outside. I barely have an out idea of what's happening in the country but if it's outside the country, I have no idea what's happening. So while there may be growing popularity outside of the borders, people have been noticing. I've been getting emails, especially from this guest, saying, hey, I think I've noticed a downturn, some attrition in barbecue competitions. They've been getting lost. They aren't really growing domestically. And I've had that conversation off air with some other more prominent live fire barbecue and grilling folks. But this guy wanted to come on and talk about it. The attrition of barbecue competition. He is a barbecue event organizer, so he does have expertise to talk on that as well. First timer to the show. Carl McBee, also a Buckeye. And his website, by the way, if you want to check him out, in advance, chillacothebbq.net. BBQ. Net. So that's how your show is setting up this evening. Again, your phone calls and emails, welcome 216-777-2120. Or email greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Stephen Reichlin, Brett Galloway in the first hour, Saffron Hodgson, and Carl McBee in the second hour. A lot of feedback last week from my first hour guest, Sam the Cooking Guy, Sam Zion. Like this email from Dan H., Dear Greg, you need Sam on once a month. That dude is hilarious. He is blunt, and we love it. The banter back and forth between you guys is priceless. You need to make him a regular on this show. Well, Dan H., thank you for your feedback. Appreciate that. I know you're listening because I've inspired you to give me feedback, which I appreciate. I don't disagree. I think Sam is a great guest. Sam's also a very busy guy. I think he's what you would call a regional celebrity. More celebrity to me than maybe to you because you don't know him. He's on my show. I know what he's accomplished. San Diego area, definitely celebrity out there. But I would say regionally famous. He's been doing some big national infomercials that you may or may not have seen. Some with an air fryer, some with smokeless grill from Phillips, I think it was. I forget who the air fryer is now, or maybe that's about ready to roll out. Maybe I shouldn't have said anything at all about that. Maybe it's not out yet. I don't know. But 
very successful, self-made success, which I certainly appreciate. And makes time to come on the show when he can. And I'm always happy to have him. So, Dan, appreciate you. And I got 30 or 40 emails just like that. I also got one saying that, uh, you know, Sam shouldn't poo-poo you so much on your stake testing results, which we'll conclude next week as we reconvene the Embedded Correspondence segment and go over our last round of tests. Also, the hot dog reaction continues to come in hot and heavy low a month ago, believe it or not. Email in from Zach in North Carolina over the past week. Okay, I'm late to the party, but I'm going to weigh in. What sort of self-respecting barbecue and grilling person turns up their nose at hot dogs? The hot dog is the quintessential American summer cuisine. And dare I say, they are offered in just as many, if not more, places in boiled or steamed form than they are grilled. Mm-hmm. Bolstering my position. Your one guy says that hot dogs have no flavor. What? And boy, they better not touch that Traeger of his. Otherwise, those grill grates may be ruined forever. The other, Reichlin, he'll be on in just a few minutes. Such an elitist that I'm surprised he didn't suggest that a hot dog can only be enjoyed with ground rhino horn paste that must be obtained in a special ceremony in India. Yes, I myself prefer a grilled all-beef hot dog, but I don't feel like lighting up a grill just to make a hot dog. That sucker is going in water or the microwave. And then it's going to get some ketchup. For those who poo-poo on a friggin' hot dog, I say poo-poo on them. (laughs) Zach from North Carolina, coming in strong. Thank you, Zach. Bolstering both my position, also Steve Ray, who did, I believe, say first that he enjoys a good microwaved hot dog as well. David Huff, I think like both. I mean, we all love grilled hot dogs, no doubt. But we were not averse to having boiled and or microwave hot dogs. I'll steer clear of the microwave hot dog. I, you know, I can always seem to find time to boil the water. If I'm going to snob out, I'll probably say in a pinch, or if I have to choose between the two, I'm not going to go ahead and microwave it. I'm definitely going to boil it if I want it. I like it. Sam, the cooking guy, said he partially boils his schweens before he then slaps them on a grill or a skillet or a flat top to crisp it up. That's your Centralite reaction over the past week. Thanks for joining in, everybody. Let me quickly talk to you about the barbecue guru. You know, they've always believed outdoor cooking should be easy and fun, and it can be, especially with the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. The Monolith, the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. This means smarter control, greater freedom with automatic temperature control. Easily choose your cooking time and temperature and let the Monolith do the work of a sous chef or barbecue pitmaster. With minimal effort, you now have oven-like precision at the grill, and you can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time. So here's what you do. If you have any questions, first, hit the website, bbqguru.com. Then give them a phone call, 800-288-GURU. Ask them all your questions. They'll make sure they answer everything so you get everything you need, and it's correct when that box hits your doorstep. 
No buyer's remorse here. Ask the right questions. They will steer you in the right direction. No upsells, no nothing. Just getting you the tools you need to be a better outdoor barbecue and grilling cook. Now, if you have a barbecue guru potential controller already and you're in line to get a new monolith guru with the fan built in or the uh, the monolith barbecue the ceramic cooker if you have the controller you just have to wire it to the fan and you're all set you don't have to buy an additional controller now if you want to upgrade tech maybe yours is a little bit older that's up here but it's not a requirement if you have a controller hook it up to the monolith and you're off and running remember the fan is built into the cooker first ever of its kind Plus all the accessories and the nest and the side tables. Got to check it out if you're in the market for ceramic cook. BBQGuru.com or 800-288-GURU. Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. And we are back with Stephen Reichland. Stick around. Be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. That's the wrong button. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher's Barbecue maker of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauce, grilling oils. All the Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as in backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood. Visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up now. Always, always, always trust your butcher. All right, my first guest, seen the third Tuesday of each month right here on this show, a 2015 Barbecue Hall of Fame inductee, a TV show host, a barbecue cooking class instructor, a multiple-time author. Let's go ahead and welcome back friend of this show, creator of the Barbecue Bible on that website, barbecuebible.com. I'm, of course, talking about Stephen Reichlin, who is not there. All right. Hmm. Stephen, hello. Interesting. Well, of course, the beauty of this whole situation is extended voice check with Stephen Reichlin last night. Just to avoid this particular scenario. And guess what? Didn't work out, everybody. All right. Let's try it one more time. See what happens. See, it says it's connecting, but I don't think it's really connecting. Uh, Coming up at 9.35, Brett Galloway. Okay, well. Now, check me out. I'm not going to get all craziness on this, all right? John, what's up? Hey, how are you? Hey, let's uh, rattle Steven on the cell phone and see what happens. All right, I'm, All right. I'm going in. All right, he's going. 
It's John's catch line, by the way, if you follow him on Instagram. If you're not following John Solberg on Instagram, the creator of the or the producer of the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. Worth a follow, not only for the scenery, okay, because wherever he's cooking at, location remains double super secret. It's a majestic landscape rolling down to, I guess, what's maybe a lake or a pond. He's got a number of cookers. He's got that multiple cooker syndrome. But John's unique in the fact that he likes to buy cookers that are maybe... I want to say antique or collectible, but they need some love. That seems to be his niche. He goes in, finds something that I think he believes he can rehab, probably does a lot of research on Craigslist and see what's available. So, all right, well, I can put in this kind of time or that kind of time. Oh, 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 oh. All right. Left that open. See if this works. Steven. Hey, how are you? All right. I had my uh, had my producer trying to call you on the cell phone, so just go ahead and I know. not worry Here, about it. I know it. you. Uh, I know you like the books in the background, so yes. uh, let's see. This this is my office up north, Library but, North, Love uh, Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard. All right. Uh, Martha's- you're. I mean, you're a huge believer in eating seasonally. So, like, what's fresh and happening up in Martha's Vineyard right now that you, we would find on your dinner table? Oh, well, first of all, harpoon swordfish. So we get great swordfish uh, up here any time uh, of the year. But right now on George's Bank, uh, you've got fishing boats that go out. The guys stand in the pulpits in the front of the boat, and they catch the swordfish with uh, harpoons. Really? So they're truly day boat. Now, typical online sword fishing, you know, those lines can be in the water four or five days. So... Wow. You know, that's not ideally fresh, but the harpoon swordfish, amazing. What else? Uh, our local clams are fabulous. Lobster, which I love to do on the grill. Uh, we've had a great run of uh, uh, black, black bass uh, this summer. Stripers are in season. I mean, if you love fish, this is a fish lover's paradise. What's your favorite way of preparing, or let me back that up for a second and ask it a better way. What's the best way to prep lobster before you know whether you're going to steam it or put it in the oven or put it on the grill like how do you prepare it once it's you get it live uh well um <laughs> do you get it like do you get it like that if, if yes if you are <laughs> if you are grilling the lobster yeah. uh the best way to grill it is to uh actually cut it in half while it's still alive um you kill it instantly however the halves do wriggle so it's a little bit upsetting <laughs> uh you crack the claws with your knife uh, and you grill it cut side down to start, then turn it over, cut side up, basting with butter. Uh, super simple, serve it with melted butter. It's amazing. Uh, I always like to get uh, female lobsters because uh, the females have roe, which is you mm-hmm. know, lobster caviar. Um, yeah, boiling, you know, uh, that's, how most, that's how we get our lobster out. Grilling is how we do it at home. Uh, Stephen Reichland joining me here on the show. Believe it or not, we're going to revisit that caviar statement here in just a second. But I don't know if you recall or not, but last time you were on toward the end of our segment, we talked a little bit about hot dogs and preparation. And I may or may not have said that I do enjoy a boiled hot dog from time to time. And you may or may not have mentioned that 
folks who boil hot dogs and then eat those boiled hot dogs have a special place reserved for them in something called the Tenth Circle of Hell. I don't know if you recall <laughs> okay, that or not. I, I must have been reading Dante at that point. Of course. I, I didn't mean to be so harsh. No, I mean, not at all. It's it's uh, It's been great. Now, let me regale you, if I could, with a story that happened the following week during my monthly embedded correspondence segment. My Texas correspondent took hot dog, I guess what I would call snobbery, to a whole new level. Not only will he not eat any kind of hot dog, regardless of preparation, he takes it to yet another level, that level being an outright ban of any kind of hot dog on any of his outdoor cooking vessels. Now, Stephen, to make sure I'm illustrating this point properly, when pressed... He said, if kids were at your party and they were asking for hot dogs to eat, as kids would do, he said he would not accommodate their request, period. Now, I get there might be some disagreements on preparation here or there, but to not even place a schween on a cooker, is that one of the most extreme anti-hot dog campaigns going in the live fire grilling industry right now? That is pretty extreme. I don't know that I can understand the rationale behind that. Uh, you know, hot dogs are extremely fat, and nothing makes them crisp, sizzling, and luscious like uh, a quick sojourn on a hot grill. Uh, I like to split the hot dog in half so you expose even more of the surface area to the fire. Sometimes I'll hedgehog a hot dog that is score it in a um, crosshatch pattern under no circumstances where I ever boil a hot dog, mm. uh, but you know, hey, like my grand, my, like my grandfather used to say uh, to the lady who kissed the cow, it's all a matter of taste. Do you find like do you find flavor if you were just eating a plain hot dog? I think that's what Doug's biggest issue. I mean, we maybe went a little over the top with how we were explaining it, but uh, he says they're kind of tasteless. Do you find that hot dogs have flavor on their own? Oh my God, absolutely. I mean, first of all, let's remember. Uh, the mixture contains sweet spices like mace, sometimes nutmeg, uh, a ton of garlic, coriander. Let's remember that hot dogs come pre-cooked and come pre-smoked. So hot dogs are, and, and they're fat, they've got a lot of fat, so I mean, and they're very salty. So hot dogs are extraordinarily flavorful. All right, so let's keep it all in the picnic here. What's the most sacrilegious way you would re- you could prepare a hamburger? What's the worst way you've heard it? as you're traveling through not only the domestic clear, but across the great world of ours? Well, I think smoked. Uh, You know, I'm a big fan of smoking just about everything, but smoked hamburgers don't cut it. They're gross. You need a high (laughs) heat either in a skillet or on a grill. Um, You need a quick cooking time, and smoking is the opposite of both of those. Now, we can delineate between a smoked hamburger and meatloaf, correct, or not so much? Well, you didn't ask me about meatloaf, so okay. we're just talking hamburgers. Meatloaf, sure, you can smoke because it's a bigger meat mass. It's often in a um, yeah in a loaf pan. You know, uh, often there's bacon involved with it. Uh, but I'm talking straight hamburgers here. Okay, so uh, let's play. I, I didn't think I was going to go into the memory game here with the Barbecue Hall of Famer, but I don't know if it was a year or maybe even two years ago. To me, everything's always two or three years ago, but it, you know, sometimes it's even eight or nine. But we had a conversation where I had mentioned to you that I had never eaten caviar before. And you said, Correct. all right, well, tomorrow. I remember very vividly, and I thought if I uh, ever get to Cleveland or next time I get to Cleveland, I have to remedy that situation. Correct. So I went to Whole Foods. I bought the salmon caviar that you told me to get, and you know, I, I ate it, all that stuff. 
Now, just so you didn't think that that was a one-off event, I am here to tell you that I have eaten and what falls down to me as an inordinate amount of caviar recently and of varying varieties um, like uh, trout and catfish. There's a delicatessen on the west side of Cleveland who, if you ever make it out to Cleveland, we will be going. Perhaps that might be the first stop. And, well, I think I'm putting it on my next book tour. All right. Well, we'll plan on that. So we'll have to go there. But the owner of that shop is a huge believer in just catching whatever is local here and does not only stuff with the eggs of the fish that he catches. For instance, uh, I had, I think it was trout eggs on top of a French onion chip dip and they made homemade chips. And you just dip that chip in on top of the caviar and then like that sour cream. And you, yep. It was a taste explosion. Then, on top of that, had this homemade, real hearty rye bread that he toasted. And then he took the roe sack, had cured it, and then fried it, and then, like, microplaned it over the top of the bread. And I ate a roe sack, which I've never done before either. So you're broadening my horizons uh, even years later. Well, this man sounds like a guy I need to uh, know. Um, The other thing is you ascend the ladder of caviar enlightenment. Mm. Uh, and hopefully when your show, uh, you uh, reel in the biggest sponsor you could ever imagine, uh, <laughs> the real caviar game is sturgeon caviar. That is uh, Sevruga, Ocetra, and Beluga. And those are so ridiculously, I mean, they're hundreds of dollars a tablespoon. A tablespoon? But, yeah, I mean, that's they're stupidly expensive. Yes. But... Um, imagine how delicious that salmon caviar was and then multiply it by a thousand and that's how delicious Ocetra is I've been a food writer for a long time and I started writing about my first article about caviar you know probably 30 years ago back when you could afford Ocetra, Savruga and Beluga and you know it's it's the stuff of dreams so when you win the lottery invite me we'll both eat it All right, Stephen Reichland joining me here on the show barbecuebible.com's website Let's talk a little bit about the book that is uh, in progress, I guess, which is being called The Brisket Chronicles. Obviously, brisket, very popular here. It has been over the last uh, four or five years, especially as you look in central Texas. Uh, Beef ribs maybe are are starting to creep up in popularity or or maybe be able to challenge brisket to a certain degree. But uh, let's talk a little bit about The Brisket Chronicles and where you're at in that book process. Well, I mean, first of all, you know, barbecue is the first chapter of the book. Obviously, it's very important, but brisket is also responsible for pastrami. It's responsible for corned beef. Without it, there would need be no Montreal smoked meat. Uh, the braised brisket with dried fruits that when I was growing up, we had at all holiday dinners. Mm. Uh, French wine braised brisket, German beer fleisch, which is brisket braised with onions and uh, and beer. Uh, Vietnamese pho, which is a, uh, a noodle soup made with brisket, uh, Italian bolito misto, uh, uh, two kinds of brisket boiled with tongue and chicken. I mean, the brisket story really uh, goes all over the world. And, uh, and that is what the brisket chronicles are about. That's why I'm so excited. You know, for me, recipes, food, grilling, it's, it's always into a, a window into culture. And what really turns me on these sort of cross-cultural comparisons, you know, how Koreans worship brisket, which is differently than how Americans worship brisket, but we are all, you know, theists. We all, we all worship at the, the, at the altar of brisket. Is there a time frame that you've been able to track back to when 
somebody had the first the brisket or was it here in the States or was it somewhere else that was brought over here? You know, that's a really interesting question. And just to give you a very quick overview, the word first appears in the English language around 1450. Wow. Uh, the first recipe for brisket, which was braised, actually was stuffed with oysters and anchovies. Sounds pretty amazing to me. Yeah. Uh, dates from about 1785. So after the, uh, right around the time of the birth of the United States. But interestingly, brisket as a barbecue phenomenon is extremely recent. Mm. You know, you read the, um, read the journals and, uh, and, and chronicles of the colonists and uh, the, America as an early nation. It's full of pork. It's full of ribs. Brisket doesn't really start appearing as a, self, a self freestanding uh, beloved food until 1910. And that's in the context of uh, delicatessen. There were two delis in Texas that mentioned brisket. Uh, barbecued brisket, really, it's uh, people really haven't been eating it as a phenomenon for more than about 30 or 40 years, which is quite amazing. Now, you know, in whole hog barbecue, which was uh, very typical in Texas, undoubtedly people ate barbecued brisket, but it was never a separate muscle barbecued sold with the whole fetish of brisket that we have today. Is and shout out to Daniel Vaughn, the uh, barbecue critic of uh, Texas Monthly uh, Magazine, for that uh, that little bit of information about Texas brisket. All right. Yeah. Friend of this show shows up once a quarter. Not once a month like you, Stephen. He's yeah, once a right. quarter, of course. Um, do you find or do you think that the popularity of brisket over the last you know 10 or 15, is it just because people like beef uh, is there also a majesty that go i kind of almost talk about brisket cooking like uh, i do when we talk about barbecue competitions and, and being selected to go to the jack daniels there's this mystique and this ambiance and romance that goes on with that particular event can you make an argument that brisket kind of falls under those same guiles uh, brisket is magisterial it's it's a food that we revere and i think aaron franklin kind of summed it up the best People revere it because they know how darn difficult it is to make a good one. And, you know, pork shoulder, six hours ribs, four hours steak, you know, 10 minutes brisket, you're looking at a 12-hour commitment. You know, you're either waking up very early or you're spending the night awake. It's, um, it, it is sublime when you get it right. It's easy to get it wrong. But however you do it, it requires an enormous amount of work. Uh, what kind of a release time are we looking at for brisket chronicles so brisket chronicles will be out on may 1st god willing uh in in uh july we did the photo shoot uh same photo crew as uh as does the food styling for uh the project smoke and project fire tv shows uh i'm in the process of uh copy editing now meaning the manuscript has been gone through by a copy editor uh just reviewing all the changes, corrections, queries, uh, making sure uh, everything is consistent. That'll go for about another week or so, and then the next step will be setting it in type, uh, and that's when it really starts to feel like a book, and then figuring out where the photos go, uh, all those sidebars, all that fascinating information. So, you know, uh, writing a book is, uh, it's, it's, you think it's done when you turn in the manuscript, but there's an awful lot of work that happens uh, after that. Stephen, a couple minutes left, and I wanted to mention this in case people were going to be out in that general area, in the California area. Uh, you're doing a, uh, I guess what it's termed, a barbecue boot camp with the, is it Alisale Guest Ranch Resort? The, 
Guest Ranch and Resort. Yeah, and if you watch the Project Smoke and Project Fire TV shows, you'll recognize the Alisol. That's where we have shot the last two shows. <laughs> they have 110 head of horses, so uh, I, I ride, you know, uh, horses are everywhere. It's an absolutely spectacular 10,000-acre guest ranch. And uh, I will be, uh, I'm not running the show here like Barbecue University at the Broadmoor, but I will be a guest instructor for one day. All right. And then uh, that's a place where you can like stay overnight, kind of like accommodations on site and all that stuff. Oh, it's beautiful. They have beautiful, um, uh, beautiful bungalows, each one with a fireplace. Uh, It's uh, the the ranch is gorgeous. The valley is gorgeous. Very famous wine region. Uh, If you ever saw the movie Sideways, it was filmed in this area. Uh, Just spectacular. Stephen, last question before I let you go. Um, We're going to forego all the Labor Day recipes and suggestions and stuff. But uh, for the people that find that on my website anyway, yeah, of course. Um, For the people that like to imbibe a little bit in the adult libations, do you have any favorite summery cocktails that you've been enjoying that you might be serving for Labor Day? You know, I've been making that grilled sangria from uh, Project Fire all summer. I really love it. Uh, You start with uh, oranges, lemons, limes, even a grapefruit, dip them in sugar and and grill the cut fruit over a screaming hot fire to caramelize the sugar. That gets cut up, goes in a punch bowl with rum, uh, with fire-charred, fire-seared cinnamon sticks, and you let it macerate with a little brown sugar. And then right before serving, if you want a white sangria, you add uh, Prosecco. If you want a red sangria, you add Lambrusco. Never club soda, never Sprite or any kind of soda enters my uh, sangria. And uh, it's really awesome. You'll find that recipe in Project Fire. All right, and uh, you can visit barbecuebible.com for other uh, grilling recipes and barbecue recipes for Labor Day weekend. On the third Tuesday of the month, you find them right here. It is Barbecue Hall of Famer and prolific cookbook author and uh, writer of all things barbecue and grilling, for crying out loud, Stephen Reichland. Stephen, always appreciate the time. Hey, grill on. Have a great Labor Day. There Bye-bye. he is, Stephen Reichland. Love it. That book is going to be out very, All very guests soon. All guests appear via the Traeger Grills hotline. May will be here before you know. Mm-mm-mm. No doubt. Yummy. May, remember, 2018 rapidly coming to a close. Everybody laughs when I say it like the first Tuesday into the year. But, you know, we're almost done with August, folks. Believe it. Brett Galloway coming up out of the break. Cookshack manufactures smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you barbecue in your backyard, on the competition circuit, or in a five-star dining facility. Cookshack has the unit that will do the job and with a full line of barbecue spices, sauces, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cookshack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google Plus get advice and share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue form. Cookshack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion. Ed Fast, Eddie Morin, the FEC 100, PG 1000 are always customer favorites. The PG 1000 can actually double as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow, hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Now, maybe you're not into pellet cookers. Fine. Cook Shack Residential Electric Smokers, if you like those. They just happen to be the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make it a Cook Shack. 
Passion and dedication drives Cookshack's manufacturing, with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Or visit the website cookshack.com. We are back with Brett Galloway from the State Cook-Off Association. Coming up right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, thanks again to Stephen Reichlin for joining me last segment. BarbecueBible.com, his website. Also, if you're going to be... Well, go to Facebook and check out the Alzel Resort. Ranch and Resort, I think it was called. I'll also try and remember to put the link up in the post-show notes. So if you're going to find yourself out there, go ahead, check it out. This portion of the show brought to you by CookingPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit pellets, uh, visit CookingPellets, C-O-O-K-I-N.com for more information or to purchase in lieu of that, you can also buy Cooking Pellets right on Amazon.com. Don't forget to download the CookingPellets.com app. It's free. Hey, the third Tuesday of the month brings a visit from the co-founder of the State Cook-Off Association. What's happened since the last visit we missed last month? What's happening over the next few weeks? All questions that will be answered and perhaps even more as we rejoin a conversation and race to the Traeger Grills hotline to welcome back. Brett Galloway. Hey, Brett. Hey, buddy. How's it going? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Brett. Appreciate you making time for the show, as always. So, as I had, uh, just mentioned in the open, we uh, missed last or we missed last month. So, a lot of things mm-hmm. continue to happen in the State Cook-Off Association, gaining popularity each and every week. So, I guess from a holistic standpoint, as you're looking at it as uh, one of the leaders of the organization, how does the SCA feel to you guys right now? Uh, feels pretty good. I mean, it's we're still uh, pushing forward. That uh, you know, there's some competition out there that has sprung up here late in the year, and uh, that's all right. There's there's room for everybody. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. And um, man, twenty, we're in the stretch run. We got 44 events till the championship, which is in October. So um, every weekend's a big weekend. Brett, let's go ahead and look back at. I guess what we would call some of the spotlight events, or uh, at least in your eyes, what you think some of the really big events were here over the last uh, four or five weeks. Uh, what were some of those big wins and uh, showcase moments? Well, you know, this week at, we were at the uh, Ace Hardware show, and heck, mm. three of your guests were there. <laughs> Reichlin was there, Saffron was there, we were there. Um, but it was a great show, and we we even did a cook-off there. And Dylan White won that event. Um we had, same weekend we had last weekend in West we had sixty three teams. Mm. Brenda's wife will got her second win down there. That, that's a tough crowd down there. 
but she she won that one. And then we had the big one up in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. We had 65 teams up there. Wow. Tattooed Bob West drove up from Kansas and uh, won that thing. So there's been some big events, um, a lot of fun events. And, you know, it seems like every weekend there's there's something new coming up that's almost a marquee event. But, you know, the guys are supporting the events and having a great time. And with new events coming up in Delaware for, for you know, we got one coming there. Um, there's a new America's Finest in San Diego. It's our first one down in the San Diego area. There's one in Charleston on the 3rd. Got another one in Australia. I mean, they're just, they're spreading out, which is awesome because it's a lot more people to try it. Give their, you know, give us a try, see what they think, and you know, hopefully they have a good time. People are hospitable, and they'll come back and cook another event. You know, Brett, we've talked about it a little bit here in shows past, but for the folks that are just tuning in this evening, when you hear you answer a question and say, okay, we're going to be in San Diego, and then we're going to be on the other side of the coast, we'll probably be in the middle. Oh, by the way, quick jump over to Australia, and I know we talked about a partnership that was going on there the last time you were on. Uh, logistically for you and and uh, for Ken, like what's that like on you guys? Pretty harsh. Well, it takes an army, man. Uh, Ken and I, Ken's co-founder. We travel to a lot of events. I probably do forty-seven this year, or, or I will do forty-seven. Uh-huh. But you know, we couldn't do it without the guys that run the events. You know, we've got Michelle Dang here in the Texas area, and you know Troy Youngblood up in Omaha, and I mean, there's just David Haskett down in Florida. There's so many guys that are running their areas and help build those areas, um, we really couldn't do what we do without them. So it's it's really a testament to those boys. We're just we're just trying to uh, you know run the, the logistics side more than more than anything, I guess. So what do they do? Are they just SCA believers, and then they go within? Do you give them like a an area of responsibility or something along those lines to try and build events in? Well, but these guys are reps for SCA, similar to a KCBS rep. But these guys, you know, they do believe in SCA and they love, they like being at the events and the camaraderie. And so these guys, some of them are out there approaching events and recruiting events for us. And I mean, Danny, Danny Kennedy down in the Memphis, Tennessee area, Danny's probably brought in 15 events, 18 events. And he's got a schedule that he works and just has a great time. And, um, you know, guys really like Danny, so uh, we're thankful that these guys are that passionate about what they're doing. They're having a great time. It just helps us to uh, continue doing what we're doing. So will they identify, let's say, a car festival or they drive by a, a place that seems to have a lot of property and this in their head they're like, man, this would be a place for an SCA event. I'm just going to go ahead and cold call and start the ball rolling from there. Does it happen just as basic as that? You know, it, it kind of did at the beginning. You know, David Haskell would reach out to different people and that he knew that had ran events in the past or, um, you know, it is a great location. Like Budweiser, he found the Budweiser event down in Jacksonville, Florida. But the guys will reach out to people, and now it's got to where if someone in that area wants to run an event or, you know, hears about an event, they'll actually contact our rep um, and go through them, and then they'll go through us. But you know they're they're kind of a arm for us, an extension of what we do, and uh, you know they're guys that we trust greatly. All right, we love to talk about points and results and where leaders are currently. So, what's the SCA sure. top ten looking like right now? Uh, you know, it's uh, Chuck Edwards 
the vet is still on top. He's got 142 points, and Perkins is in second. Um, these guys have been near the top, kind of alternating this year. Uh, the old KG veteran, Johnny Joseph, is moving up. I don't know if anybody's seen him coming, but he's in third now. Uh, and Johnny's our three-time points champion at SCA. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Parsons is in fourth, a couple points behind. He's He's got a chance to jump up there any day. Um, Dan Muir, he's doing great. And then in sixth, the guy that's moving the fastest right now is a guy named John Lindsay. Um, he was a barbecue guy that's kind of turned SCA guy. And um, he's, I want to say he's done 21 events this year, but he is really uh, jumping up the list pretty quickly. But he's, he's made it all the way up to six. You know, the goal for the guys, when they, the points champion this year is going to win a trip to the Bahamas. Uh, Grill Greats has teamed up with us in Pelican, and we're going to send them down there. They get the flight. They get to stay at the resort. They get p- to take part in the Grill Great event, um, entry into the cook-off. Heck, Pelican, Pelican even gives them a luggage set to take with them. Wow. Big money. So, I mean, there's a lot a lot at stake for these guys. Rick Galloway joining me here on the show, co-founder of the State Cook-Off Association, statecookoffs.com, their website. Do you see any emerging new trends or, or hearing about anything? Uh, you know, we've talked in the past about using these kind of grates or this kind of cooker. Um, do you see any seasonings or finishing butters or truffle, whatever, anything like that that's like making a, an emergence where people are using it and winning? You know, we like to ask everybody at the end of a cook-off, hey, what, is, what are you cooking on? What kind of charcoal are you using? Just to kind of get feedback and it seems a lot of the guys out there are using PK grills. You've got some Weber's out there. Um, you've got guys that are sous vide that are finishing in the top ten. So that's kind of a new trend for this year. I blame Meathead for that. Sure. You know he's he's always got a new trend. If it's not reverse sear, now it's I'm not sure what next year will be. But um, you know they're that's starting to make a little play. Um, you see different guys trying different things. You know different butters, geese, different things they're trying out there. I really don't get to see much of what is done on the other side from in the judge area, but I listen well. Brett, let's talk a little bit about, the, I'm sorry, let's go ahead and talk about some upcoming events here over the next uh, three or four weeks before you'll uh, rejoin me next month and do a recap of those. What, do you, what are you guys looking forward to? Obviously, all the events are important, but do you have any spotlights? You know, the, our first event in Kansas City is on uh, September 30th. It's at a Worth Harley-Davidson there, but you know, that's our first one there. We've got the first one in Ontario, Canada. It's called Spectacular, and it's part of a festival. I believe they have 10,000 people at this festival. Uh, it's actually on 929, so we're excited to go up there and be part of that. And You ever been to uh, Praise the Lard Cook-Off? Uh, I have and not been to it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's Mike Mills' event up there. It's yep. KCBS, MBN, and SCA, so we're real proud to be part of that event. Um, and then we've got one at the beginning of the month um, in St. George, Delaware, the Operation Barbecue Relief and Steak and Ribs up there. Uh, all the benefits go to Operation Barbecue Relief, but it's our first event in Delaware, so it's, we're real excited to get out there. Do you have uh, all the states you have marked off so far? Like, what's your count so far? Uh, 31 so far. All right. It'll be 32 soon. Yeah, you're getting to, to 50 uh, pretty quick there. Um, can we talk a little bit about the popularity of steak cooking as a growing industry? And you kind of reference it at the top there because, you know, 
it it is, I think, just that a growing industry. You can almost kind of seem like visionaries to a degree. You're now, you know, almost five years or so into existence. Did you anticipate seeing not only this growth, but more competitive stake sanctioning bodies roll out as you started to get going? Did you foresee that or, or think that was going to happen? Well, we, honestly, we didn't foresee that the growth as it came. I mean, we, we were excited and wanted more people to enjoy what we were doing. So we're, we're excited about it and, you know, to have it grow like it has, has been really neat, really fun experience. Um, you know, eventually we knew somebody would come along and do it. We actually talked to other organizations about doing some things together and that just didn't materialize. And, you know, so that's all right. Um, there'll be more people cooking steak and we've got a definite feel to our events. I feel we've got a little SCA family culture going and, I think that's you know what may make us different than some other events. So we'll just keep doing what we're doing and enjoying every event, you know, treating it like it's our first, and I think we'll be all right. You know, I think the last time you were on, we had briefly touched uh, touched on the American Competitive Stake Association or the ACSA. Um, that's actually based here in Ohio, as I had found out. Uh, maybe a week or so after that, KCBS rolled out the National Grilling Society, yeah. and um, I had had a conversation with Randall Bowman a week or so after that mm-hmm. here on this show. And it seemed, from what I took away, that it's that might be more than just stake events. But, of course, there was some talk about where the SEA would fit into future KCBS events now with the NGS rolled out. So if I could just ask you a, a question or two as it relates to that. From a year-to-year view, how many mm-hmm. SEA events have been tied into a KCBS barbecue event is it like a small percentage or pretty decent or that's a decent percentage i think we have probably 55 60 this year oh wow okay so somewhere around there do you foresee kcbs telling an event that should be it should be giving more considerate not telling them that they can't do one or the other but saying hey you might want to give a little bit more consideration to an ngs event versus an sea event well, man, I, I, I'm sure that's that's up to them. That's none of my my business. We're just going to keep doing what we're doing. I I really don't want to. I don't want to speculate on any of that. I you know I respect what they do, and you know they're the gold standard of barbecue judging. So, um, you know, good luck to them, and we'll just keep doing what we're doing. I'd had Dan Hurst on a couple weeks ago, and uh, as mm-hmm. Randall Bowman, as I just mentioned, I asked them both this question, and I wanted to get your take on it. So let's say three years from now, everyone's still around, everybody's flourishing in their own rights. Would you and Ken be down for putting on some kind of like ultimate stake throwdown? Well, not putting on, but being a part of some kind of ultimate stake throwdown where you get, let's say, top 10 in SEA, top 10 from ACSA, top 10 from National Grilling Society, and just have a winner-take-all event, you know, a billion-dollar prize purse, all that stuff. Would that be fun or... Would you not want any part of that? Man, we already do it. We have the SA World Championship, the winner of every state event in the world. I mean, we've got 26 teams committed to coming from overseas already to this championship. you got to win to get in. We've got the best cookers cooking it. Um, there's the KCBS guys that cook ours. I don't know a, the other organization who cooks in it yet. I haven't really looked at it too much, but I'm sure their guys make cooking ours too. So, you know, there'll probably be more crossover in the future with everybody. And if that's the case, great. But, you know, I think we run the premier steak cook-off in the world. I mean, Friday night, guys are going to walk down the red carpet. 
They're going to get interviewed. We've got cameras there. We've got when they come inside, some of the teams are going to be announced with their walk-up songs. Mm. And we've got 180 teams competing on, on the weekend. So I think we've got a great, great event. Um, I'm not really worried about three years down the line. I, I really want to focus on this championship and just focus on us. 180 teams. Yes, sir. Wow. And almost 30 international teams confirmed. Yeah, I think we have 26 confirmed now. Wow. There, there's a few that aren't coming, but, you know, we're really proud of that. I think, I, I don't know how many are at the Jack, um, but, you know, just to be anywhere near what the international teams feel, the Jack's prestigious, man. I, I, worked, I tried to get there when I was a barbecue team and I couldn't. Um, but, you know, for those teams to care enough and have enough passion for growing a steak to come from Australia, from Japan, from mm. Canada, from the Netherlands, you know, United Kingdom, you know, to come from all that distance to come compete in a stake, that's honoring to us. That's, that. I mean, that's, that is humbling. Hard to believe. When is that finals taking place, the World Championships? It's October 4th through 7th. It's in Fort Worth, Texas. All right, so if you are going to be around Fort Worth, and we'll uh, continue to hype that here over the next month or so, uh, check it out. Fort Worth, Texas, October 4th through, I mean, could be worse places to be October 4th through 7th and Fort Worth as well. So uh, not to mention you'll be around I'm a bunch of great steak cooks. Uh, the third Tuesday of the month, you can usually find Brett Galloway, co-founder of the Steak Cook-Off Association, and the website steakcookoffs.com right here on this show. Brett, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on, buddy. Bye-bye. You got it. There he is. Brett Galloway. Oh! Johnny's not coming back to you. He just hung up. What can I tell you? Nobody's got any time to wait anymore. I mean, I got a professional operation going around here. The least you people do can wait and go back to John. He wants to give you your parting cash prize. Sorry, you can't call back now and claim that cash prize. That gets rolled into next week's cash prize. Man, hang out for John. Let him warm you down a little bit. He's got parting questions to ask you. I'm going to talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers while John regains his composure. Big Papa Spokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. A curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies. Get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at BigPapaSmokers.com has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling. Big Papa Ball himself, from award-winning rubs and sauces to American-made grills and smokers. Big Papa Smokers has something that everybody could possibly benefit from, buy and or enjoy, or otherwise. If you're a backyard barbecue fanatic like me or competition pro, Big Papa Smokers has something just for you. They got these great rubs and seasonings. You ever heard of Sweet Money or Cattle Prod or Cash Cow? All proven winners on the competition circuit and in the backyard. Pick up a bottle today at BigPapaSmokers.com. Don't forget West Coast Offense, right? It's a combination of Simply Marvelous and Big Papa Smokers. Over the past few years, West Coast Offense, pretty much... All the great teams are using some version of that. Not everybody, but a lot of them are. You might want to check it out. Big Papa Smoker is also the proud owner of Granny's Barbecue Sauce. If you're looking for a new go-to barbecue sauce that will please everyone, Granny's traditional yet powerful flavor, remind us why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Check out that sauce plus other top-rated sauces at BigPapaSmokers.com. Don't forget about their great selection of pellet, charcoal, and wood cookers available. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out the Mac 2-Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa Smokers is the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. Nobody else is doing that. 
Not a fan of pellet smokers? Okay. Take a look at the old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa Trust put on his competition trailer. Kind of looks like a mailbox. Fits a lot of food in it. Convection cooking at its best. If you're a backyard barbecue enthusiast looking for a durable and versatile grill that will last forever, the M Grill from Texas is just what you need. They're built like tanks. Not sure what kind of grill you need? You really can't go wrong with anything featured on BigPapaSmokers.com. They have something for every kind of backyard cook and budget. It's the place to go. Every product featured on their website, hand-selected to help you better barbecue better. Boost your skills. If you have any questions, give them a call at 877-828-0727. 877-828-0727. Or the website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, thanks again to Brett Galloway for joining me last segment, the State Cook-Off Association's co-founder. The segment brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring. Or connect via the Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or Google Assistant in your home, you are in luck. Fireboard, fully integrated with both. You knew that already. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. A question coming in from Steve D. Greg, question for the show. Why do people go crazy over frozen meat from online sites? I always thought fresh was higher quality. Ooh, good question, Steve. I don't think that you can necessarily say that frozen beef is lesser quality. I think it starts with the beef that you start with. So a lower quality beef might not be as great frozen as higher quality beef, but I don't think the frozen part has anything to do with it. They're freezing it because it, A, lasts longer, and then it can get to you at your particular destination because not everybody is going to drive out to Boise, Idaho. I mean, while John Dawson is an incredible draw, a lot of you aren't going to make that trip out to Boise. I'm using Snake River Farms just as a for example, but wherever you're at, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other great high-end meat purveyors. You know, I'm probably not going to drive to Pat Lafrida in New York City to buy my high-end meat. So he's going to send it to me, probably frozen. Snake River Farms meat shows up frozen. But when it's thawed out, it's so great. Come on. All right. Uh, Again, just my opinion. I think the quality of the meat is what matters, not if it's frozen or not. So if you get a sale on Wagyu from whoever you're getting it, as long as it's legit, buy it. Thaw it out. You'll never remember it was frozen. It's good. I mean, I've had a lot of frozen stuff from high-end people, and, you know, it's good. All right, we are pointing to the second hour here. Thanks again to my first-hour guests, Brett Galloway, State Cook-Off Association, and Stephen Reichlin, BarbecueBible.com. Refill the libations. Uh, We'll be back in about 35 seconds or so. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back.